0: I know we've been here before, but we're back here again. Uh, Nehemiah, yes, yeah, chapter four, yeah, verse six. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. For the people had a mind to work. I'm led to talk to you this morning from the thought, maintaining the mind to work for the long haul. Maintaining the mind to work for the long haul. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for what your word is going to do in our lives as you prosper it in the things that you sent it to for us today. We say yes to your will, yes to your way. Grant a fresh anointing of your spirit. Your anointing destroys the yoke. Your anointing removes the burden. Be glorified in this preaching moment now. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Maintaining the mind to work for the long haul. Somebody say for the long haul. The long haul. Yeah. yeah. Tell your neighbor. Neighbor, neighbor, you've got to maintain the mind to work. The hmm. Tell them again. They didn't hear you. For the long haul. haul. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Getting inspired to work in rebuilding the things in our spiritual lives that have been broken down or destroyed is one thing. Maintaining that mind to work for the long haul is another thing. Amen. In other words, it's fairly easy to start the process of rebuilding our spiritual lives, if that is the case. You get excited. You hear some good, exciting sermons, stirring sermons. Uh, You have some wonderful worship experiences, and you're on fire. Yeah, ready to go. But as time moves on and things start happening, persecution starts coming. The enemy starts attacking. The sermons are not so fiery anymore or at times, and the worship experiences get mellow. Can you maintain the mind to work during those times so that you make it for the long haul? Tell your neighbor, you got to make it for the long haul. Yeah, starting is good but you have to continue for the long haul, for the long haul. As I was writing, the Lord led me to Matthew chapter 10. And in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus speaks to his disciples. He's getting ready to send them out on a mission. Okay, And in verse 1 of chapter 10, uh, the Bible says that he called his disciples to him, and he gave them power... Uh, over or against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And then he does some other teaching uh, from the first verse down to the 21st verse. And at the 21st verse, this is what Jesus says. He says to his disciples, And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. And children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. Now notice, notice if you go back and read that, he's talked to them about a lot of things as he prepares to send them out. But then he warns them that persecution is going to come. He warns them that trouble is on the horizon. He warns them that things are not going to be so easy all of the time. And he says to them, he that endures to the end, he that holds on and goes through for the long haul, somebody say "long long haul, shall be saved. Shall be saved. Amen. Amen. So, you know, you look at that and you see that 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 is not the start that's the most important thing. Starting is good. And we started off good in 2019. Starting is good, but it is the ability to endure. It is the ability to maintain. It is the ability to keep up the work for the long haul. Somebody say long haul. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of, of, of being overwhelmed with, with life and, 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 and the things that happen in life, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of when things don't seem to be so fiery in church, in the midst of all of that, you got to keep up the work of rebuilding for the long haul. Amen. This journey that we've embarked upon this year, the theme of our year is engaging the work of the kingdom from the context of Ezra and Nehemiah as they have led the Jews to rebuild the temple. Amen. Rebuild the temple, rebuild the walls, and rebuild the gates around the city that have been burned, around the city of Jerusalem. Uh, It's quite a challenge. It's quite a challenge for the people of God to undertake. Yet, Yet the people follow the leadership of Nehemiah and they accomplish eventually the thing that they set out to do. Eventually. Someone say eventually. eventually. Amen. It didn't happen overnight. Some things happened fast, but other things didn't happen Overnight. And as we, as we look at the situation and discern the spiritual significance of what takes place uh, in these two books, we see that it is the spiritual rebuilding of their relationship with God, their worship, and their renewed commitment to the sovereign, uh, uh, most high covenant God that, that we have to be concerned with as we read these books. Because that's what God wants to do in our lives. You know, he doesn't want us just to be religious people. He doesn't want us just to be coming to church so we can fulfill our religious duty. Amen. He wants us to rebuild our relationship with him. He wants us to to renew our commitment to him. He wants the fire that we once had to be burning inside of us again. Amen. God wants that for us. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, as with the Jews of that day, if you look around, sometimes you do, if you do a spiritual inventory, you see that the need is obvious. Amen. 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 Praise the name of Jesus. It's not so much somebody else looking at you and judging you. Are y'all hearing me okay? Are y'all in the house today? Amen. Amen. It's It's the key to, to this is you looking at yourself and judging yourself. Key to this is checking yourself out, doing a spiritual inventory, and being honest with yourself about what needs to happen in your own life. Amen. Amen. Because you see, we are the church. Amen. And if, if we come in the building dry, then the church is dry. Amen. There is no anointing coming out of these walls. Hallelujah. Amen. There is no oil pouring down from the ceiling. Amen. The oil has to be exuding from your life. Amen. Amen. The anointing has to be flowing forth in your life. Praise the Lord. And then when the church comes together, the church is on fire. Amen. The church is moist. The church is ready. Amen. The church is ready to do the work that God has called us to do. Amen. But it has to be for the long haul. Has to be for the long haul. And when you look at this, when you look at these texts, it does not take Nehemiah too long to rally the people to the cause. Once Nehemiah comes back to Jerusalem, amen, he surveys the situation, he explains his mission after he surveyed the situation to the leaders and then to the people, and they rally to the cause. They routed it to the cost. And at, at, at chapter 4, verse 6, the scripture records that they built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Amen. It was as though they were waiting on someone to come along and say to them, uh, I've got a plan. Let's go to work and let's rebuild the wall. And Nehemiah does that. And he doesn't come with the plan only, but he comes with the authority of God, first of all, but the authority also of the king of Persia. So the people rallied to Nehemiah and the cause, they rallied to Nehemiah and the cause, and they began to work. Uh, Amen. Apparently, they were inspired. They were excited. Amen. Uh, They were willing to work because they built the wall to have its height in 52 days. 52 days. That's just a wall. That's just a wall. Now, now, when you really look at it, and you, you you can understand why they were able to rebuild the wall in 52 days. When you, it, the entire wall was not broken down, uh, you know there were breaches in the wall. Various points, many points in the wall, there were breaches where the wall had been broken down. Okay, in 52 in mo- 52 days, they rebuilt the wall. In Ezra, we read that they restored the worship in seven months. And then they began the restoration of the temple in the second month of the second year after their return. But during those times, even in the 52 days, there was a lot of opposition. Amen. Amen. Chapter one, verse, chapter 4 verse 1 says, But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? And completed in a day, will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? And now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break, it down, break down their stone walls. Down in, 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 in verse number uh, 12, it says, uh, well, verse number 10, it says, Then Judah the strength... Then all of Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. And there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build a wall. Even the people had gotten discouraged. And then it goes on to say, so it is, even, so it is when the Jews who dwelt near near them came, they told us 10 times, 10 times, for whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. So they were trying to rebuild, but then they're getting all of this negativity. Whatever you do, there could be a button. And they kept saying it 10 times, over and over and over again. Over and over. And then chapter 5. And you need to read chapter 5. Because in chapter 5, you see the opposition that came from within the nation of Judah. Yeah. Well, well. yeah. Opposition. They were doing something good. They were doing what God commanded them to do. They were doing what they needed to do, but opposition came. So you needn't think that just because you made up your mind uh, 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 that that, that you were going to rededicate your life to the Lord, that you were going to start Bible study, that you were going to rekindle the fire of your worship, and that everybody is going to be happy with you. Amen. And, and when I say that, listen, saints, I want us to understand. And, and, and this is what I've realized. When I, when I begin to speak of enemies in my life, I don't just deal with people. Because Satan is the enemy. Amen. And Satan has a way of coming at you when nobody is around. Nobody has to be around. You don't have to be walking down the street and somebody trip you up. The devil will trip you up in your mind. Mm -hmm. Amen. While you come into the church to get your shout on, the devil will trip you up with with an attitude that you shouldn't have. So you know, when you think about enemies, don't always think about people. You're looking around for people and it's not people. It is the devil himself Satan himself. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 just because you made up your mind that you're gonna do something, you made up your mind that you're gonna, you're gonna, re, you, you're gonna, you're gonna come back to the choir. You're gonna get involved in ushering again. You're gonna get involved in helping rebuild the ministry. You made up your mind you were gonna do it, but opposition will come. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. You got to remember that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And where is the air? What's another word for air? In the atmosphere. That's why I say it doesn't have to be a person. Mm -mm. You can get up in your house in the morning and the atmosphere ain't right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, you can be riding in your car and the atmosphere is not right. Because Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Yeah. You can get off a fast and the devil will meet you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Didn't he do it to Jesus? Amen. The devil will meet you He will meet you. He will meet you. He will meet you. He will meet you. Yeah. 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 Why is he meeting you? Because he doesn't want you to accomplish what you set out to do. He doesn't want you to accomplish that. The devil doesn't want you rebuilding anything. The devil doesn't want us to rebuild anything. Amen. So he hears our commitment. He hears our desire. Amen. Because he is the one who hears. Amen. He's always prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But his commitment is you will not do it. And he'll do whatever he can to get to you. Shoot hours of doubt to your mind. Shoot self defeating thoughts. To your mind, bring up your past, amen, amen. attack you with different things in your life, like your finances, like your health, amen, even your family, the devil will come at you, amen, he'll stir up people against you, mm, mm, all for the purpose of stopping you from the work of rebuilding, and if you listen to him, and a lot of times we listen to him, Amen. I'm guilty sometimes. Thoughts go through my mind. I'm battling thoughts, battling thoughts, battling thoughts. If you listen to him, amen, or if you start believing what he says to you, amen, and all he's saying is lies. He's just telling lies. Amen. If you listen to the lies that he's telling you, you will abort the process. You'll abort the process. But the Lord wants us to know today that there's a way to overcome the enemy. To overcome the enemy and all of his demons that he's unleashed to fight against you. And we see it in the text. Amen. And, and, and I want us to pay attention to this. Are y'all hearing me okay? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, what is it, what is it that, 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 that we see in this text uh, that helps us in this process as opposition came against these people, these Jews, as they went back to rebuilding the wall. The first thing that I noticed as I was reading over this text is that, is that they, 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 they fully trusted God. They trusted God. And I think I probably talked about trusting God over the last couple of months, somewhere in every message. And this is so critical. They fully trusted God. You need to say that. Say, I need to fully trust God. They, they, they placed complete confidence in the most high God. They didn't place any confidence in themselves. They placed all their confidence in the Lord. Amen? And if, and if we're, if we're going to rebuild anything in our lives, anything in ministry, our complete confidence has to be in God. Amen? Amen? Amen. We have to place complete confidence in the most high God and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is who he says he is. He is the most high God. He is the almighty God. He he is the omniscient God. Amen? Amen. Omniscient meaning that he's everywhere present at the same time. There there is nowhere that God is not. So whatever I'm going through, God is right there with me. Are you hearing the Lord today? Whatever you're going through, the Lord is right there with you. Right there. Amen. 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 If he could be with Daniel in the fiery furnace, Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, and Daniel in the lion's den, he will be with you in your fiery furnace. He will be with you in your lion's den. Are you hearing me? Amen. 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 So how do we know? How do we know that they place complete confidence in God? Well, you look at the scripture, and you know, you can read this and say that they just prayed to the Lord, but they're hearing all of this opposition, all right? And this is what they do. In in in, in 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 verse four, as they hear send ballot and to buy it, in verse four they said, Hear O our God, for we are despised. So what they do? They turn to God and they pray, meaning that they're casting complete confidence on God. But they didn't just pray, they prayed strategically. They prayed strategically. Listen to what they prayed. They didn't say, Lord, help us. I don't read that anywhere in there. They didn't say, Lord, help us. Because the Lord wants you to tell him what you want him to help you with. Sometimes the Lord wants to discern whether you know what really needs to be done. So they prayed, oh God, for we are despised. So this is what we want you to do. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to the land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. Now, someone sent me a text this morning and And it was about some spiritual warfare and and asked for my advice about what to do. And I said, I told him what to do. And I said to him, you have to remember also that these people are not fighting you. They're fighting God. You got to remember when your enemy comes up against you, the enemy is not fighting you. He's fighting God. So when Satan comes against you, He's not fighting you. He's fighting God. I ain't get too many amens on that. Why is it important for me to understand that he's fighting God? I need to understand that he's fighting God because if I see him fighting me, I'm going to try to fight back and I don't know how to fight. God knows how to fight. God knows how to deal with it. Matter of fact, God has already dealt with him. So now, rather than putting my focus on the enemy, I put my focus on God. Hallelujah. God, I look to you. I mean, Isn't that what the early church did in the book of Acts? Amen. When they, when, they, when, when they began to persecute the church, they went to God. And they began to praise God and talk to God about being mighty and strong. Hallelujah. And they didn't ask God, to help them fight against the enemy when you read that prayer they said now nah, God grant us boldness to preach the gospel amen so 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 when you're going through something you got to understand that 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 the fight is between Satan and God and so you need to put your focus on God and don't ask God to help you make it through The battle. Ask God to give you boldness as He deals with the enemy. God, that's your problem. Now, my business is to get boldness to preach the gospel. well, maybe I better say it like that. Every time I stand to preach, I may not have the motivation right then to preach. But preaching is in my in my it's it's my makeup. You know, you know. I walk in the service, you give me a Bible, and ain't no preacher there. I'm going to preach. Amen. Amen. I don't take much preparation. Amen. Just Lord give me a text and give me a message. I'm going to preach. Amen. But, but there are times in warfare in my life when I felt like that, I, that, 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 that nothing was going to work right to only put my focus on God and watch God do this thing. <sighs> yeah. Glory to God. So, 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 so they put their trust in God. Ministry is about putting our trust in God. Are y'all listening? Yeah. Ministry is about putting your trust in God. Rededication, rebuilding, amen. Restaur- it's about putting your trust in God. You can't focus on what the enemy is doing. Amen. God's got that. God has given you work to do. Get involved in the work. And the wrong thing to do is sit down. Oh, oh my goodness! When you sit down, the devil. Has, when I, when I say re- sit down, I mean when you resign yourself. Well, you know, I just don't feel like it. I don't have the fire I used to have. I don't have the motivation I used to have. That's the wrong thing to do. You got to stay on the wall. The wall needs to be built. You got to keep on building. There were times in Malawi when we were building that house. I got down off the wall one day and the man looked at me, and he said, you're dehydrated. But see, what I was doing was, you know, I realized that people were getting tired and we had two houses to build. And so I made up my mind, I'm not taking breaks that everybody's taking. I took a few of them. That wasn't wise. <laughs> when they said, come down off the wall and, and let's stop. I kept on working. That wasn't wise. But I wanted to see the wall finished. I wanted to see the house finished. We only had five days to build two houses. And I wanted to see the house, see the house finished. So I kept working. You know, I kept working. In the, in the physical, it wasn't wise. And if it was a spiritual battle, it wouldn't have been wise for anybody to come down off the wall. Listen to me. There are too many people in church who get discouraged about things. And you sit down. But not only do you sit down for ministry, you sit down from praying. You sit down from fasting. You sit down from reading your word. Where's your strength going to come from? Where's it going to come from? You're not going to get strength from your job. you're not going to get strength from your friends because a lot of times your friends have already sat down. I was listening to this man preach a sermon one day and he was talking about a storm. He was talking about it was storming. It was really storming, storming, storming really hard and people were pulling over and the person he was riding with got ready to pull off. He said, don't stop. He said, keep driving. Because when you keep driving, you'll eventually come out of the storm. See, some people want to stop until the storm is over. Amen. But in this spiritual walk, you can't stop until the storm is over. You got to drive through the storm. You got to work through the storm. Glory to God. When you work through the storm, then God strengthens you. God builds you. God encourages you. Hallelujah. So they didn't come down off the wall. They just, they prayed. They put it in God's hands. And they kept on building. Second thing that they did, and, and, and the second thing that I noticed in the scripture was, uh, when you look at verse 13, therefore, this is Nehemiah speaking. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. Now, I'm going to talk about this in just a moment uh, Because I didn't write this down, but the Lord showed that to me this morning. And I looked, and I rose and said, this is Nehemiah speaking. And I looked, and I rose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Now, in that day, there were no women on the wall. Men, listen. In that day, there were no women on the wall. Only men were building. In a Jewish nation, at that time, the women would not be working to build. Only the men. Now, I'm going to go back to my point, and then I'm going to come back to this. So what did they do? Which was the second very important thing in being able to maintain the work for the long haul. God appointed a leader and they listened to their leader. God had appointed a leader and they, there were a lot of voices speaking but they listened to their leader. I don't think I need to explain that a whole lot more. I'll let you be the judge of whether you need to listen to what God says from this pulpit. I'm not trying to get in your houses and tell you how to cook your dinner. I might, I might help you out. <laughs> I might give you some recipes. But what God says across this sacred desk, we need to listen to what God says. There are a whole lot of people speaking And there are a lot of good leaders out here, but God gave you a leader. And as long as you are connected to Tabernacle of Praise, you need to hear what God says through your leader. You need to hear. You need to hear. And unless you listen on Facebook Live, and some people can't be here all the time, but just because you decide to stay home Unless you're listening on Facebook Live or, 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 or the podcast, you miss some things your leader says. Yeah, 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 yeah. You look, listen to this. the The, the enemy used their neighbors, who live near the enemy, to bring messages to them. You know that a lot of voices speaking. And the enemy doesn't care who he uses. If you got an unsaved wife, or unsaved husband, that unsaved wife or husband will say what the enemy tells them to say. Be careful. So those of you who are not married, don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Marriage is much more than just getting hooked up. You're saying you're going to live happily ever after. There's warfare in marriage. There's some serious warfare in marriage. You know, and and, and when you get married, you have to understand that, you know, because you can't go toe-to-toe with the devil. What did I tell you they did? They went to God about the enemy, and they continued to do the work. So when you get married and... Here you are having an argument with your spouse. Now your spouse is the one who is the focus of your attention. You forget all about God. Sometimes you say stuff you shouldn't say. Because now that spouse is the enemy. And you come down off the wall. You don't say it. You don't say, I'm going to lay my religion down. Old people people just said that. I'm going to lay my religion down and tell you what I got to say. You don't say that, but you do it because you forget that your spouse is not your enemy. Sometimes in the church, we forget that the pastor is not your enemy. Sometimes pastors forget that the people are not your enemy. So I told this brother this morning, I said, remember, they're not fighting you. They're fighting God. Because if, if you see them fighting you, then you feel like you got to fight back and you feel like you got to protect yourself. But they're not fighting you. They're fighting God. Let God fight the battle. You do the work. You do the work. You do the work. So they listened to Nehemiah. They listened to what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah, Nehemiah not only did he tell them uh, uh, to, to, to don't fear. Now, now, now he says, and, and, I, and I feel like I need to deal with this. He says, I sense that I need to deal with this. This ain't a feeling thing. Amen. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Great and awesome. What is it? Why why can they remember God? You see, when you walk with God, when you've experienced God, when you've seen the hand of God at work in your life, and you've seen the hand of God at work in your family's life, then you know that you serve the Almighty God. And all you got to do is remember him. If God did it then, God can do it now. If God brought you out then, God can do it now. If God healed you then, God can do it now. If God delivered you then, God can do it now. She says, remember the Lord, great and awesome. And this is what he says. And this is what the church has to remember. Come on, listen to me now. The church has to remember that we are to fight for our brothers, that we are to fight for our sons, that we are to fight for our daughters, that we are to fight men for our wives, that we are to fight for our houses. There were no women on the wall. We got to fight for one another. There's no time for us to get mad at one another. Even when we act crazy, we got to fight for one another. You're my brother. You're my sister. Fight. Husbands, fight for your wives. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Sometimes sometime those of us in the pulpit have to remember that. You know, we're to fight for our wives. We've got to go to war for our wives. The Bible says that we are to live with our wives and to dwell with them according to knowledge. Now we need to get some spiritual insight. The only way I'm going to deal with my, to dwell with my wife according to knowledge is I gotta have the knowledge. Every man in here. Well, I ain't gonna do that. But anyhow. You have to have the knowledge. You have to know how to fight. You have to know that your wife is the weaker vessel. Even though spiritually she might be stronger than you right now. God has anointed you. There is an anointing on your life to fight for your wife. Sometimes you don't want to fight. I tell you all the time men would rather go fishing. We don't like fussing. We don't like arguing. We don't like hearing the same thing 50 times. (laughs) But in this warfare, you cannot go fishing. You've got to fight. Somebody shout fight. You see, we've allowed the devil to turn this thing around. And our wives are fighting for us sometimes, but we've got to fight for our wives. Yeah, and wives, until your husbands get strong enough to fight, then you fight for them. Uh, yeah, because cause now there is no more male nor female. There's no more Jew nor Gentile. There's no more slave nor free. But men got to understand what God has called us to. So until your man gets strong enough to fight for himself, he need a woman that can fight for him. That's why, that's why brothers, you just can't let sex decide. Oh, ain't no little children here. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Ooh, Lord have mercy. You can't let sex decide that you're in love with that girl. I don't want to get too uh, too. Uh. people don't believe me but when you start having sex before you get married then your flesh is going to determine whether you marry that person or not you will not think clearly with this head up here you won't do it then after a while you be saying Lord what did I do you didn't listen to me. I'm talking about the Lord, not me. <laughs> oh, Lord. I just wish young people would understand that because it's getting worse and worse and worse as time goes on. You know, folk feel like they can have sex anytime, anywhere, with anybody. And they've, they've 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 gone in covenant with fifty people before they go into covenant. What with the, with the one did they say I do with? Sex is just not a thing; it's a covenant relationship. We learn to do it God's way. We can we can we can get some things back on track. We got to learn to do it God's way. Whew, Lord, help us today. Help us today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So You got to learn to listen. To your leaders, Oof. They listened when Nehemiah said, "Don't worry about them, don't be afraid. Remember God. Nehemiah was pointing them to God. Nehemiah wanted them to take the eyes of the enemy. You know, we do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. Stop looking at things. Stop seeing things. Amen. With your natural eye. Amen. And begin to put your focus back on God. If you're going to engage in the maintain, amen, the rebuilding process for the long haul, take your eyes off of flesh. Take your eyes off of yourself. Take your eyes off of your situation and put it back on God. Last thing they did. Last thing they did. Last thing they did. Amen. They followed a strategic plan. They followed a strategic plan. Okay. I just read part of it at the openings. Okay. There are several other things that they did. So uh, they armed the people, they armed the people. And I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Now, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, all right? What's your first weapon of war? How many of y'all got the word with you? You got it on your phone. How many of you read it? That's the other key. You know, you got to read this thing. Amen? You got to get it in you. Amen? It is spirit and it is life. So when you get the word inside of you, you have the spirit of God and the life of God who's able to work in your heart and work in your mind, work in your spirit. Uh, look, look at what they did. Okay? Uh, turn over. Oh, I'm turning my page. Still in chapter 6 or chapter 4. Amen. So when I turn the page and begin to read, so Nehemiah says in verse 16, So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. Mm. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. There were those who built on the wall, those who carried burdens, loaded them, themselves so that with one hand, they worked their construction, and with the other, they held a weapon. Lord have mercy. Yeah. They armed themselves. This is warfare. And in warfare, you got to be ready to fight. You got to be ready to fight. You, you know, they, they knew opposition was coming. They, the people didn't want to see them rebuild. They didn't want to see the walls around the city rebuilt. They didn't want to see the temple rebuilt. They didn't want to see the people of God coming into what God had ordained them to be. So that was constant warfare, or that was the threat of constant warfare. And in the threat of warfare, you don't have time to go and get your weapon. They armed themselves. Let me tell you a better way of saying arm themselves. You don't have time to be... Lord, let me get my concordance and see what scripture... Where is that word? Fine. I need your word, God. and I'm, Show me the concordance. Show me in the concordance. Oh, let me go to Bible Gateway. Let me get my computer and go to... No! David said, I've hidden your word in my heart. Mm-mm-mm. If you're going to arm yourself... That means you got to get in this word and you got to keep this word in you at all times. I guarantee you when you get in the word of God, the word of God will begin to work in your life. The word of God will begin to change you. The word of God will give you wisdom. The word of God will give you divine strategies. Half of them work construction. Half of them held the swords. Swords. They even put a trumpeter there because the wall around the city was huge. And so they had a trumpeter so that when, when trouble came, they didn't, they didn't yell, Elder Hudson, the and get ready. No, 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 they had a trumpeter. And they blew the horn when trouble came so that people were rallying to a certain point. They were ready to fight because they had to do this for the long haul. Are we hearing the Lord today, saints? we need each other we gotta hear this today saints of God you don't have time to be only concerned about yourself you gotta fight for your brothers for your sisters for your husbands, for your wives for your children you gotta fight for the house they did one other thing they stayed in Jerusalem Lord have mercy. Verse 22, at the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be on guard by night and a working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men on guard who followed me took off our clothes except that everyone took them off for watching. They stayed in Jerusalem. Now, Lord, how how can I make a spiritual application to this? Because I'm not asking the people to stay at the sanctuary. Now, God said, no, no, no. They don't have to stay at the sanctuary, but the sanctuary has to stay in them. Got to Stay! in Jerusalem. You got to stay in prayer. You got to remain in worship. You got to live your life in a worshipful atmosphere so that, so, that, so that when the enemy comes, if you have to fight, you can fight. But you continue to work during, during the daytime. Glory to God. Amen. And you're on guard at night. You're not going to fight like you ought to fight unless you stay in worship. What does the enemy do when he wants to win against you? He attacks your worship. He wants to separate you from God. He wants to separate you from God. He attacks your worship. He attacks your worship. So you get sick, you say, well, he attacked my body. He didn't just attack your body. He made you doubt God. He made you question God. If you're God, why did this happen to me? God, why can't I get well? He's attacking your worship. God, why am I going through so much? He's attacking your worship. God said, no, stay in worship. Stay in worship. Stay in worship. Don't let anybody pull you out of worship. And if you worship in private, sometimes I wake up over in the night and I'm singing, worshiping God. I mean, a whole lot of stuff has been going on with this mission trip, and it's just really been bombarding me, and things have not worked out right, and then the devil started attacking my finances, and all kind of stuff was going on. And I found myself focusing on that. And it was getting me down. And I realized what I needed to do. I need to go back to worship. Not come to the sanctuary. But in my bed. And I'm in my car. Or wherever I was. Go back to worshiping God. Take my mind off of this stuff. Put my mind on Jesus. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to know that he's with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If you withdraw yourself from me, God, where shall I go? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Save the wretch like me. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Go back to worship. Don't let anybody take you out. of Stay in Jerusalem. Stay in the city of God. Hallelujah. Stay in the place where God said he'd meet you. Hallelujah. Stay there. Glory to God. Even in the midnight hour, stay there. Because sometimes it's that night when the devil really starts working with your mind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. People say that three o'clock in the morning is the time the devils are on the run, that the demons are out roaming around seeking who they, can, who, who they can devour. And three o'clock in the morning, I woke up, amen, and all kind of things going through my mind and I've learned how to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Three o'clock in the morning, but the devil will attack you anytime. time. God says, stay in worship. God says, stay in worship. God says, stay in worship. If you're going to maintain for the long haul, you cannot allow your worship to be taken away from you. You got to maintain that relationship with God. It's important that we maintain saints for the long haul. It's important that we maintain for the long haul that we maintain the mind to work for the long haul. It's not going to be easy. The enemy will attack. Offense will come. Discouragement will set in. The process is long. Hallelujah. But God expects you and me to maintain. Amen. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. No, 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 no. We're wrestling against principalities. We're wrestling against powers. We're wrestling against the rulers of darkness, against a spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. But We got to clothe ourselves in the full armor of God that we might be able to stand in the evil day, in the day of trouble. We got to stand. In a day of persecution, we got to stand. In the day that we feel like giving up, we got to stand. Hallelujah. Don't Open my mouth to the Lord. This is nothing new. And I won't turn back. I will go. Shall go. See what the end's going to be. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hmm. Old people used to sing a song and say, I promised my mother before she died that I'd be a faithful child. Well, I ain't promised mama that, but I promised the Lord that I wouldn't turn back. Has it been easy? It has not been easy. But I didn't turn back. Guess what? I'm not turning back. Mm-mm. No, I'm not turning back. Where would I go? I'm like Jesus' disciples. Master, when he said, Will you two leave me? They said, Master, where shall we go? You have the words of life, of eternal life. God expects you and me, saints, to maintain this work of rebuilding in our personal lives for the long haul. Through every trial, the Lord will be with you. Through every Tribulation, the Lord will be with you. Through every point of trouble, the Lord will be with you. God expects you to maintain. Amen. Let's stand. Lord Jesus.